If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna. I am so glad you are here. I was on vacation last week, and I am back, and it feels so good to be back. I didn't want to leave, but then there was a big part of me that kind of wanted to get back to normal. So I'm back in my norm. I'm here with you, and I have so much I want to chat with you guys about today. Today, I'm talking all about different cultures, about the different lenses that we see the world through, and how much it can inhibit our own personal growth and how much it also can inhibit our connection with each other. So excited about this topic. I was brainstorming literally the whole drive to Texas. So you're going to get all my brainstorming moments in this episode, and I can't wait to get it out of me and get some feedback from you guys. Also, I love you guys in the Facebook group. I had so much fun chatting with you while I was out of town. It was so fun to hear from you guys and just know that that you're there, that you guys travel with me wherever. And I love the community that is formed around this space. You guys are the absolute best. Also, have to thank Alice Ranker. This episode is brought to you by Alice. She is a faithful supporter of this show. Alice, I love you to pieces. Thank you for supporting this work. You are a gift. And if you are interested in becoming a supporter of this show, you can learn more about that on my website, just a jesusfollower.com and click on the button Patreon. I love you all so much. I love seeing your faces when I can online. And so if we haven't connected on Instagram, come find me. Would love to see you. Without any further ado, let's get to it. Here we go. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you guys this week. I was out last week, and if you're in our Facebook group, you know where I was. I was taking a much-needed family vacation to Galveston, Texas. My parents and I, my brother, his wife, his daughter, and me and my kiddos, we just spent a whole week on the beach, chilling and doing nothing. And I tell you, one of my favorite things about the beach we were on is that internet service was really shoddy. And so, you know, you just get in your habit, right, of checking your email and logging on and, you know, seeing what's up everywhere. I didn't really do much of that. And it was so nice. Oh my gosh, it was so nice. It's actually motivated me to spend even less time online, which I've already cut back some, but this kind of solidified. I am really going to try to cut back my time online. So all that being said, I came home 
of course, the real life of home hits and you're like, oh my gosh, here we go, right? Kids back in school, laundry, grocery run, <laughs> like all the things just to like get back in the swing of things again. It's been a bit overwhelming, but so worth it. I feel refreshed. I feel like I've got my feet underneath me again. It was so needed, but I am very glad to be back. So yay for vacation and yay for being home. I am home and I'm in my PJs and I'm talking with you guys, which is one of my favorite places in the planet to be. One thing that I kept thinking about a lot while I was traveling from here, I'm in Kansas City to Texas, which drove through Oklahoma, stayed the night in Dallas, and then continued on to Galveston. Driving through different parts of the country is always fun and fascinating for me because you get to see different cities, different towns, different vibes. You know, every city, I feel, has its own little personality. And you can drive through some cities and immediately feel at home and like you want to jump out of the car and go into the nearest little shopping area. Or you drive through cities and you just feel heavy and you feel sad and weighted and you're like, ugh, let's get out of here, right? I, I feel like every city has its own pulse, its own rhythm, its own vibe. And when you think about it, people are like that too. And I want to dive into that idea here for the day, which is that each person comes to the table with their own cultural lens. Now, when I say cultural lens, I know a lot of people immediately, myself previously too, would have thought to, oh, okay, what's their race? What's their nationality? What's their family background? You jump to those demographics, right? But I don't want to talk about that because that's a very narrow, shallow lens. And I think we made a lot, we make, we can make a lot of mistakes in our presumptions when we just chalk us all up into labeled categories that way. Rather, I want to look at this from a cultural lens with the idea of culture simply being who you are and what you come from. What is normal to you? What is familiar to you? I think we assume that everybody has pretty basic, similar cultural backgrounds. When you meet somebody that looks like you, sounds like you, maybe lives in the area that you do, you just kind of assume that they share the same background as you and the same cultural perspective that you do. But I like the idea, the further along I get in this journey I've been on, of uniqueness. I like the idea of each of us being crafted and designed in such a way that is spectacularly unique, that is spectacularly different. And when we start to back up and think of ourselves and our friends and our community in this way, it's like the palette just gets really interesting and colorful. Not only that, but I think it grows our empathy, which is a tremendous thing in my life and something that I put a lot of value on. And I think a lot of you guys do too. So culture. Okay, let's jump into this. I'm in college right now. You guys know that. I am studying law and policy, which if you know my brain at all, you know all of that stuff completely fascinates me. So one of my sociology classes has included this idea of culture, which 
kind of got this idea stirring in my head and pushed me onward to where we're going to go in this podcast. So the idea of culture would be, and I'm going to give you an example of a very broad um, perspective here. There was this man, he was an anthropologist by the name of Kenneth Good. And some of you may remember this story. He was known for his work among the Yanomami people. And he went to this village and he studied the culture. He studied the people. And while there, he became immersed in this culture to where he ended up being married to one of the people from the village. Now, they give away brides at the age of around 13, um, prepubescent age in that culture. So he was like this 30, 40 some odd year old man gets married to this really young girl. And from the way the story tells, they ended up as she grew into an adult falling in love and actually having a really thriving partnership. Well, in this community, in this tribe, she was naked all the time. That was the way the tribe worked. Every woman was naked. And so clothes were just not a thing. Well, as their marriage progressed, they have um, years under their belt. He decides he wants to go back to the United States. He brings her along with him. And of course, they have children. And she goes through this immense culture shock being from this jungle life to an American culture where clothes are required, where the husband goes to work every day and she's at home in a really cold apartment with cement walls. And she has this complete horrendous experience trying to figure out how to adapt. And he recalls stories of him having to chase her down in the street because she was naked. I mean, she would take off her clothes anytime she could get just to feel normal. And story has it because she was so sad. Um, they travel back to see her family in the jungle and he returns back to the States alone. She did not want to go with him. And legend has it that as he was boarding the plane, she turns around and runs back into the jungle. He continues to raise their three children in the States and she continues to live in the jungle and remarries and has more children. And um, a reporter caught up with her later on and asked her how she was. And she said, jungle good, United States bad or New Jersey bad, I think is what she said. I think it was in New Jersey that they were staying. So, you know, from our perspective, right, we would think oh my goodness, this woman coming from a culture where they get married off at 13, they don't really get to pick their spouse and they have no clothes. They live in very primitive ways. Their whole life is based on fishing and living in this little tribal community. What an upgrade, right? To get married to this man who has the means to provide for you in a place like the United States. I mean, that's huge, right? And it's so easy for us to project our cultural lens onto this scenario and think that she was crazy for wanting to go back to her primitive ways, to her culture. But yet, as so many of us know when we're honest with ourselves and with each other that, boy, you can take us out of our culture, but it is hard to get that culture out of us. 
this is an extreme example um, of what a cultural view is. And it's a very um, good example, I think, for us to see how other people see the world. I see my world my way. You see your world your way. But we usually project our way onto other people. That woman, when she went back into the jungle, um, it was said about her, of course, there were reporters following the story. It was said about her that she was illiterate, that she wasn't smart, that she was crazed. You know, all of these public opinions were formed around her when in actuality, she was probably very bright, but she was being put into an environment that wasn't familiar. She was being put into something where she was trying to adapt and wasn't adapting fast enough. It was a culture shock. When I was driving through the States, you know, going down to this beautiful beach in Texas, I I was thinking a lot about that story. And I was thinking about how much I have done this same thing on both sides of the table. I relate to the idea of thinking that my culture is superior. And I don't just mean United States. I don't mean in that context. I mean, back in my church days, I really sincerely believed that my way of following God, my way of doing church was the right way, was the better way. And this could not have been more evident than when I was serving at that sweet American Baptist church that I was a pastor at, where I jumped in and just assumed that my way was better. I assumed that their culture was backwards, that their culture was dysfunctional, and that my church culture that I came from was the right one. Well, the reason why that doesn't work is because the culture you're jumping into usually will think the same thing about you. (laughs) they were not interested in my church culture. They liked theirs. They liked their culture of worship. They liked their culture of communion. They liked their culture of pastoring. They liked their culture. And they probably thought mine was crazy. I look back now and I see one of the mistakes, the main mistakes that I made while I was working there was I didn't take the time to learn them. I didn't give their culture, their faith culture, their church culture, even that city I was unfamiliar with, that city community culture, I didn't take the time to give it the respect it deserved. I didn't slow down enough to pause and observe. You can learn a lot about someone and a lot about a group of people simply by just observing. And I think when we have a go-getter personality and we're on a mission, which is what I was, you skip that step because it just gets in the way. Who has time for that? I'll listen, but I'm going to listen with the mindset of I'm going to insert my point of view and change. I'm going to introduce you to a better way. I'm going to lead you down a better path. I was good intentioned, of course, but I missed a lot of human connection simply by refusing to watch and learn their culture. I look back on that and I have a lot of just wishing that I would have been insightful enough to pause and learn them. I don't know that the outcome would have 
changed. I don't know that I would have stayed there any longer than I did, but I do think that my experience there could have been a smoother one. It could have offered me the opportunity to connect with people at a deeper level. And not only that, but I probably could have learned some things. You know, one thing that especially I see in our American culture is that we tend to be so arrogant and we're not even aware of it, but so arrogant that we we don't think that we need to learn from things that are different than us because we automatically assume that ours is better, that different is less than. And that's something that I, I wish that I had done differently. Now, you know, moving forward, and again, while I was driving down south, I was going through these cities and just thinking to myself, gosh, I'm looking at everything through such a different lens now. I'm looking at groups of people and thinking, okay, this is a whole different culture here. These people may look like me. These people may sound like me. These people may live in houses like me. But I bet you their culture is different. The culture that they come from is different. I want to challenge you to really consider what your culture is. I I have to admit, I still think a lot of my culture comes from what's in me, which is this evangelical background culture. That's what I come from. I can't change it. It's in me. And I'm constantly seeing the world through that lens, whether for good or for bad, that's the lens that my brain defaults to. So much of the work that I've been doing the last few years has been trying to branch my brain out, trying to relearn what a different culture could be, trying to relearn what a lot of society is made up of, because it's made up of a lot of cultures that are not that. And for me, I found that culture to be damaging and unhealthy. And so I'm trying to rebuild, but I'm kind of in this like no man's land of, well, what is my culture now? I don't know. I think maybe by the end of my life, I'll be a melting pot of a lot of different cultures. And I kind of hope that that is. But I think the only way that you can learn, truly learn another human, is to immerse yourself in their world and not assume that you know anything. I made a lot of mistakes making assumptions. I I have a lot of regret in that area. And if there's one thing I want to pass on to my kids and pass on as a legacy that I continue in my life, that is I want to be someone who is culturally mindful. Meaning, when I meet you, I don't want to assume anything. I want to take a posture of learning. I want to take a posture of where do you come from? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Why do you think that about that? What's your perspective on this? This is how we connect. You see, a lot of us don't know how to do this because in the worlds or cultures that a lot of us have come from, and not not everyone listening here, but I know for many of us, where we come from, that wasn't offered. And I think that that is common, again, in this beautiful country that we live in, This posture is not all that common. And then when you step into the religious world and realm of things, it tends to get even worse because it is taught that it's to be godly to criticize 
and correct someone who believes differently than you. We're taught that it is honoring to Jesus, ironically, the man who was extremely humble, but side note, we're taught that it's honoring to Jesus to push the culture that we come from that worships the way we think is the only way to worship and believes, which we think is the only way that you can believe, that it's honoring to Jesus to tell people that they will be condemned to hell forever if they don't sign up for that. It's ironic to me that the most humble, servant-like man who walked this earth is who some of the most arrogant cultures say that they follow. It's really strange to me. It's bizarre. And the further out I get from that way of thinking, the more strange and odd and out of place it seems to me. Because I think to follow Jesus, you truly have to take a posture of, I am going to be low so that you can be lifted up. I'm going to get on the ground and wash your feet and learn where your feet have walked and learn why they're dirty and learn about all of the travels that you have had in your journey. I'm going to wash it because I'm going to get in it with you. That's the posture that Jesus took. That is the level he placed himself at. And yet for so many quote unquote Christ followers, They demand that their feet be washed. They demand that where they have traveled, everyone observe. They demand that, well, usually they wouldn't admit that they are dirty in any way, but if they are, they demand respect for that dirt. You see, it's a very different posture when you walk into a room and you are open to learning different cultures. And not only learning, but just even open to seeing and observing different cultures. My kids love to come home and tell me stories about their friends from school. And any of you who are parents and either you have little ones or you remember when you did have little ones, you know how that goes. I I have one that doesn't usually tell me anything. And then I have another one that comes home and tells me every detail of every person in her class, including I'm sure some details that these children's parents would not appreciate my daughter exposing to me, but she's just a sucker up of information and likes to vomit it all out when she gets home. And we had an opportunity to talk about this the other night because she came home and she was just shocked at her friend who had a brother who was incarcerated and then a mom that she never sees. And then she uses language and words that my daughter doesn't always understand. And my my daughter was looking at me, kind of gauging my reaction. Like she was telling me all of this and not quite sure how she felt about it. You know how kids do that where they will present something to you and then just kind of wait and watch you to see how's mom going to take that? How's dad going to react? And thank God all this was fresh in my mind because I don't know what I would have said previously. But I, I said to her, I was like, you know what? That sounds really different from your life, doesn't it? And kind of this, you know, her shoulders went down and she felt this relief because she was like, yes, it's so different. And I said to her, I said, well, in her world, 
with her family and the people that her family is connected to, this might not be different for her. This might be what's normal for her. We all come from different cultures. And she was like, what do you mean by that? I said, well, tell me about the people that we hang out with. Tell me about the people in our family. And she's rattling through. They sound a lot like us. And I said, well, your friend, they probably have a lot of friends in their circles and in their neighborhoods and their community that are a lot like them. So you actually might seem really different to her. And she may not understand where you're coming from on a lot of things. And she looked at me and she was like, oh my gosh, you're right. You're right. She's like, well, I just, I I need to get to know her better because I just, all this is really new to me. (laughs) And I thought it was so sweet because she is innocent. She's this kid with this view of this is my friend and I like playing with her at school and I, and I want her to be my friend. So how do I get over this hump? Because this felt like a hump for her. It felt like, uh-oh, there's this barrier now of misunderstanding and disconnection and how do I fix this? It was relieving to her to know there's nothing broken. There's nothing here to fix. You simply are coming from two different places. Neither is better or worse than the other. We've had this conversation a lot around the divorce topic because in our circles, not many people are divorced and my kids can kind of feel a bit odd about that. And I've had to remind them at length many times that, listen, there are lots of different groups of people with lots of different cultures where multiple marriage is like a thing. There are countries where it's so common to switch partners that they don't even get divorced. They just, you know, move from one to the next, have babies with that one, then move to the next, have babies the next. It's not shameful. It's not looked down on. It is just normal part of society. And, you know, having to explain to my kids that this lens that they see their world through is not the only lens. This is where I want to funnel this back in because I think that that is key. I think that that is where you and I can step into a whole nother world of freedom in finding our own authentic voice, our own authentic self. Because so many of us and people in general get wrapped up in this idea that we're alone. We get wrapped up in this idea that my story doesn't fit. I'm on the outside. Nobody really gets me. I don't have a tribe of people. I don't have connection. I'm just kind of this nomad. When the reality is, across the world, there are so many different types of cultures with so many different lifestyles, with so many different patterns and rhythms that would probably seem very natural. (laughs) I I remember reading this um, this story about this king, and it's in Africa, a really small little part in Africa, and he's a king over this area, and, and forgive me, I don't remember where it's at. I read it briefly. But the interesting thing about the article that jumped out at me was that he had something like 16 wives. And this is present day. And I was like, what? 16 wives? And I kept reading. To me, culture shock. I'm like, whoa, a king can have 16 wives? Like in this day and age, really? That's a thing? And as I was reading it, it's tradition. The king in that area traditionally marries a woman from each tribe that he's overseeing. That that way he's not being partial to any tribe over the other. And so 
I was reading that his dad had married 30 or 40 people. So he was only like halfway there and following in his father's footsteps. But my point is, in that culture, having 16, 30, 40 wives, very normal. In fact, he was disrespected as a leader if he didn't have that many. Now, someone like me reads that and I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with him? Why would he get married so many times? Why would he have so many wives? We don't do that. Isn't that illegal? You know, that's my lovely American perspective there. But the thing is, is that in his culture, that is the norm. We would be viewed as abnormal from someone in their village. They would think we were very weird for not practicing the way they practice. And so my my point is that no matter how many traits you think or or decisions you've made or patterns in your life that feel off, I guarantee you in somewhere in the world, what you are is normal. I guarantee it. Not only that, but in the States, you're probably really normal too. Or for those of you out of the States, in your sect of wherever you are, there's probably a lot of people like you also. There is such pressure when you are coming out of a small culture, such as a faith group, a denominational group, a religious group that so many of you are coming out of, there's just this mindset that that is the world. That is the they. That is the who's judging you. That is the standard norm. It's still in my brain. I have to fight this constantly, that my path in life doesn't seem normal. And yet to so many other people in the world, my path seems very normal. Readjusting my script is a challenge, but this whole idea of culture and how we simply just see things through our own cultural lens, gosh, that's freeing for me because it tells me that there is nothing different about any of us. It tells me that all of us unanimously are doing the same thing. We are all seeing the world through our background. We are all seeing the world through our own cultural experiences. That's it. That is why you feel different. That is why people view you as different. That is why you view others as different. That is the only thing. That's the common denominator. And when you boil this thing down to the common denominator of culture, somehow, if you let it sink in, your eyes pop open wide to a whole vast world of experience and adventure in front of you because you realize, oh my word, I know nothing. I know nothing. I mean, I read that article about that king in Africa and I was like, holy cow, I had no idea. I feel like really stupid now, (laughs) right? Like you just don't know what you don't know. And so the the purpose and the point of spending a whole episode talking about this is twofold. It's one, that there's nothing wrong with you. Everything that you feel inside that makes you feel different or odd or out of place, you are simply comparing yourself to culturals through your lens, through cultural experiences, through cultural backgrounds, through where you come from. That lens is what you're looking through. You switch out the lens And it looks so much different. One thing on that note, and then I'll get to my second point, is in researching sociology, one thing that I learned that was fascinating was that if you come from a very tight culture, the only way to start seeing the world 
outside of that culture is to immerse yourself in a different one. Sounds very simple, but for a lot of us, it's very scary. One way that so many I have watched, and I'm doing this myself, are doing that is simply being really curious online. And and I mean, I follow people on Instagram that are nothing like me. I follow people in different parts of the world. I follow people in different communities who live completely different lifestyles than I do. I am trying in my own community to slowly immerse myself in communities that are very different from my own. This is how I am trying to undo that lens that I see the world through. And I got to tell you, it is really liberating. And it's a daily reminder for me, even on my Instagram feed, it's a daily reminder that, oh, look at how vast the world is. Look at how many different people are out here. I'm not weird. Look at all these other people. I'm completely normal because there is no normal. (laughs) We're all our own version of normal. That's the secret, right? Like we are all this version of normal. And that is so liberating. Okay, that was my caveat side note. The twofold thing I'm going to get back to is that I share all of this with you because there is such a gift in branching out and seeing the world through different lenses. And I touched on what that gift was just a minute ago, but it's not only a gift for you in reaffirming who you are as being good and holy and sacred and worthy and awesome, but it's also a gift for those around you. When you start to open your eyes and look through the idea that the person in front of you is seeing you through their own cultural lens and trying to understand and empathize and get to the bottom of what that lens is, you become a bridge to so many amazing human connections. Not only is that a gift for you, but it's a gift for them. A lot of us just want to be seen. Guys, at the end of the day, we want someone to look at us and say, I see you. I see you. I get it. You matter. When you drop your lens and you try to see someone through theirs, you touch that. You touch that sacred, intimate space with the human in front of you. And I, I don't think there's any other world that anybody wants to be in, but one where that stuff happens. That to me is sacred. That to me is where we honor the divine. That is where we step into divine love that transcends all of our differences and transcends all of our religious categories and social categories and labels and genders and all of the crap that gets in the way of us just being people. For me, this has been a huge Kickstarter, and this has been a huge awakening for me just on my own personal level, and and I hope that it does the same for you. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website, at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.